I'm John Hendler, and this is Everyday People, Extraordinary Lives. When we first deployed, we arrived in Kuwait. In Kuwait, it wasn't—it didn't seem like anything. I was like, oh, wow, this is really, it's not even as hot as they said it would be. Well, we stayed there for a couple weeks to wait for our vehicles to arrive. And then our vehicles, we did the 32-hour convoy into Iraq from there. And that's when it hit me, because all you hear are mortars and rounds going off, and you realize this is, this is real. That's Sonia Patrick, the new District 3 commander for the American Legion Department of Michigan. Sonia is also a Iraqi war veteran and also served in Germany with the U.S. Army. Sonia, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Um, as we get started, this is being recorded just before Veterans Day. So let me start off by asking you, what does Veterans Day mean to you? And what do you wish the people out there... Um, thought of Veterans Day, I mean. Veterans Day to me means um, a, a lot. It means the, to take a moment in your busy lives and um, appreciate all that's around you, all that you, you have, and understand that you have these certain things because there are veterans out there that are willing to, to give their lives so that you can enjoy yours. Um, but Veterans Day, I just seems like patriotism has been um, has slowly declined in our country and I'm trying to try to make people understand that these freedoms won't exist without or without the men and women who serve um, so yeah I, mean, I guess that's it it's just a think a veteran um, don't don't get too busy that day just, right you know and um... I know there's a lot of confusion all the time with people between Veterans Day and Memorial Day, but this is to honor all veterans. Correct. And to show them our appreciation and yes. respect. And uh, But for you, what you're doing, um, you're, it's kind of like Veterans Day every day for you, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I tend to stay pretty busy. Um, uh -huh. I, I cover five counties and 21 American Legion posts. Um, but more importantly than that, I cover all the veterans in the five counties as well as the entire state of Michigan. So I, um, I just try to help them when I can, no matter where they live. If they need it. Now, we, um, I interviewed you a couple of years ago, and you decided to get involved and help other veterans. I remember you telling me this because of your experiences and how difficult it was for you when you left the Army and came back to the United States, and um, I mean, that was quite a story, because you were injured yes. in Iraq. Right. Well, you, well, the way I remember it, I think, you were getting ready to be discharged, right, or sent home? No. Sent no. home in uh, 2003? Um, well, I was there, I was in Iraq from 2003 to 2004, mm -hmm. and in 2004, my appendix ruptured during a PT test, and um, during the operation, a uh, mortar round hit um, while I was on the operating table, throwing me from it. And then I spent, well, six years in a wheelchair. But at that time, they couldn't get me out of Iraq because we were under heavy fire, so there was a no-fly zone. So I was out there for quite a bit longer, um, unable to walk, unable to care for myself. And then when I finally did get out, I went back to Germany, went to the hospital there for quite a while, and came back to the States, or America, and um, I came to Michigan, but my discharge papers went to Texas. So the VA had no proof that I was ever in the service, and they refused to see me for quite a while until we found that proof. And um, even then, it was 
it was painstakingly difficult to try and get any help um, from them. No transition. They, um, they finally gave me a 10% service-connected rating, and they made me pay back a severance pay of $5,000 that I'd gotten. And then it took me 17 years of just one headache after another trying to, trying to get somewhere um, with them. And when you came back, um, like you were in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. so that, what did you do during those six years? What um, were you able to do, or what were you doing? Well, when I first got out, I had no, I had no home, I had no income. Um, I I got the little five thousand dollars severance check, and I finally got an apartment. But before that, I stayed at the Laurels of Bedford, because my mother was um, sick and she was a, a patient there, and so I ended up staying in her room for the first little while. And um, then I I started going. Once they got me into the VA, I started going to doctor's appointments, did physical therapy. Acupuncture is what actually changed my life. They um, they deadened the nerves that were in my back. They rebuilt them, and that's what ultimately led to me being able to walk, um, which was great. I've, there's been some amazing doctors throughout the VA, but I think that the, the system overall is still a little flawed. Um, and so, yeah, it was, there was a lot of tears, a lot of, there was no transition help, um, no nothing. So it was just um, everyday kind of, struggle. I had to take the city bus being in a wheelchair and um, nobody, no family really here other than a sick mom. Mm -hmm. but, Are you in pain? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but you're walking all the time. Right. You don't, haven't been in a wheelchair for how long now? Um, since 2012, I think. Okay. So. Was that weird getting back to walking again? Uh, very. And um, I actually had to relearn how to walk. And um, I had to use a cane, a walker for a while too. I had to retrain the muscles of my legs to be able to um, walk, to use them. So when did you decide to get back involved with veterans? Was this after you were able to walk again? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, once I, I was getting ready to go in, I've had um, Seven surgeries total, um, some of my stomach and back, uh, my legs. So my right leg is almost completely artificial. It's just like cadaver pieces. And right before the last surgery that I had, um, I walked into an American Legion post and I said, um, where can I sign up? And the reason being is because with struggling through the VA and then meeting some other veterans, I realized that I'm not the only one, that there's a lot of veterans out there that are hurting, that need help. And I learned a few things about how to navigate the VA system. And um, so I wanted to pass that knowledge on and help where I can. And your new position as commander, what does that involve? Um, well, that involves, we, we have regular meetings. Um, I visit the different American Legion posts on a regular basis. Right now I'm currently calling the members of those posts. I'm just doing kind of a buddy check, um, seeing if they if they need help, if they're getting what they should be out of their membership, as well as being a veteran, and to, to thank them for their service, because there are a lot of them out there that don't don't hear that. When you hear that from people, um, thank you for your service. Do you hear that enough? And when you do hear it, what do you think? I mean, is it is it appreciated, or do you think people just say it because they're supposed to say it? For me, it's very much appreciated because I I don't hear it quite often. Um, I'm, I'm in a, a field where there's not a whole lot of females still, 
and I um, I tend to be I guess stand next to a, a veteran, a male veteran, and they'll often get thanked, and I'll get looked over, or I'll um I'll be out to eating with a boyfriend, and um I'll mention a veteran's discount, and they'll start talking to him. Mm-hmm. So um, when someone says it, I don't actually don't know how to respond, um, but it is very much appreciated. When you were in the army, um, let's go back to that. Um, what did you do in the army, and when did you enlist? I enlist. Um, I joined a week after my 18th birthday um, in 2002, and then um, in 2003 is when I was deployed. Uh, and I pretty much all of 2003 and 2004 for the um, they call it the invasion. Um, it's the year that Saddam was captured. Um, I was a 52 Delta, which is generator mechanic, and then I was cross trained to be a light wheel vehicle mechanic, 63 Bravo. Um, but a great deal of when I was in Iraq was um, raids, patrols, guard duty, um, and then in the motor pool as well. So um, we slept on our trucks for about six months, and um, then we ended up taking over some warehouses um, that were owned by Saddam himself and stayed there the duration. When you first arrived, um, is it frightening? Or were you thinking, I can't believe I'm here? What was, what was your feeling? It was very, very scary. Um, so I, I, in basic training, they often mentioned that it was very possible to be deployed, but we didn't didn't register with us. At that time was the time of the Jessica Lynch story as well, and she was a my age. She was captured when her um, unit was ambushed, and she was held hostage um, there for a long time, and um, she. Uh, she was beaten pretty bad and um, went through a lot of things. So when I found out that I was going, it was, um, you know, I mean, I was kind of, I was very scared. I had just gotten into Germany, just had my first beer at the age of 18. So I was um, very thrilled about that. And then I was fit for desert combat uniforms immediately after until I was deploying. And when we first deployed, we arrived in Kuwait. In Kuwait, it wasn't, it didn't seem like anything i was like oh wow this is really it's not even as hot as they said it would be well we stayed there for a couple of weeks to wait for our vehicles to arrive and then our vehicles we did the 32-hour convoy in iraq from there and that's when it hit me because all you hear are mortars and rounds going off and you realize this is this is real um, and just the sounds right it must yeah. have I mean, you get used to it do you ever get yeah. used to that do you ever get yeah. used to the fear and you just kind of accept that something could happen any day and you just stop worrying or is it absolutely prevalent persistent um, no there when i first got there it was every time you'd hear something you uh, you duck or you try to take cover um about a year into my um, deployment i got word that my mother had had a stroke and red cross had come to pick me up to take me back to her because she was dying well i was on the phone with my aunt at the time and my aunt heard the rounds in the background, and she asked what that was. And I said, oh, that's just a mortar round. And, I mean, it was just, it rolled off my tongue like nothing. <laughs> and um, she she flipped out. <laughs> She's like, so, yes, uh, you get used to it, and you learn to accept it. So you get used to it, but what about now? I mean, does sounds bother you? Yes. Does it take you back there? So how... I am very that? jumpy with loud sounds, um, especially around firecrackers, and someone always likes to throw firecrackers right behind me. 
Um, it took me a long time before I could be around a, a gun at all. I've gotten to where now I, I can. Um, I, I'm a hunter. I love hunting. But it took me a great deal up, up until the last couple of years before I could tolerate it. And it's still, if I'm at the, I do um, flag lines at Fort Custer Cemetery, and they do the three-round volley, and I jump every time I have to wear earplugs and mm-hmm. stuff. And so what is it you're doing now besides right. your involvement with the American Legion? Um, that Just outreach. Uh-huh. I okay. um I do get quite a few phone calls. I make my number public. Um, I just, if I, I'm the type of person that I'll be in a gas station and I'll hear another veteran over talk, you know, just saying that they have problems and I'll approach them and I'll, well, I'll thank them for their service first and then I'll ask how can I help you um, overcome or how can I make your day better? I don't know if it always works, but I've, I'm trying and uh, I, I think that there's too many times that veterans, they go and they ask for help and they're, they're kind of told to call some other number or they're dismissed and, or they're passed off. And with me, I, if I can't help them directly, I'll find out who can and I won't leave their side until it's done. So that's, that's my main focus in life right now. So you must be pretty busy. I, 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 I mean, you have, busy. it sounds like you'd be helping people or people calling you or inquiring about things all the time. I mean, how many veterans, I guess, in these five counties, what, uh, how many veterans are we talking about? Do we, do we have an accurate number? Um, well, just the ones that are the members of the American Legion Post, there's over 3,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more than that, though. There's a lot. I mean, of course, I'd try to ask them if they would join. Um, just be, and the reason for that is is because with with having the American Legion, you you have access to a veteran service officer. Even though you don't need to be a member to have that access, it makes it that it opens that door so that when you do need that help, it's readily available, and you you have the resources to be able to know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't give a number. I have no idea how many veterans are here, but I do know that's quite a quite a bit. Um, there's also the widows of veterans um, that call and family and stuff. Is it? Do you ever wonder? Because my, my question is: Suppose you hadn't been injured. Suppose your appendix didn't mm-hmm. burst. You wouldn't have been on the operating table. You wouldn't have been injured if you just left Iraq. Well, you were supposed to leave Iraq, weren't you? And then you found out that some people had to stay behind. Yes, that you're right. Um, uh, yeah, we were supposed to serve one year, mm-hmm. and then the day that that year came, our trucks were loaded. We were ready to go home, and we weren't leaving. Nobody could figure out why. Well, a few days before that, the president came down. He shook my hand, thanks me for being there. It was President Bush. Uh, well, the day that we were getting ready to leave was the day that he extended our orders. He said we're already trained, and he wanted to give our replacements some more time. Mm-hmm. And that was a very difficult time. I found out years after that that some of the people had already made it back home, had to turn around and come right back out. Mm. Well, do you think, well, what I was going to originally or started asking was, if if that didn't happen to you, if your appendix didn't burst, Mm -hmm. do you think you would be as involved? Do you ever think that? Do you ever wonder that that twist of fate led you eventually on this path? I I don't think I would have been involved. I think it was my... um, 
my passion for helping others, helping those veterans that led me here. And I think I wouldn't have met all those veterans if it weren't for having to go to the VA and having to be there. Because originally when I got out, I was angry. I was angry at the Army. I felt like I had been dumped. And I wanted absolutely nothing to do with the military life at that point. And I didn't join the American Legion until I had, was able to walk, until I made that transition in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think I would have... I wanted to originally retire out of the Army. And so I fought to stay in, and they wouldn't let me. Um, so I don't know what, what my future would have held, honestly. I remember you telling me that you wish you would have fought harder to stay in. Right. Would that could would that have made a difference? Um, I don't think so because they said with in my present condition I couldn't handle the basic soldiering skills, which would be to wear a ruck, ruck, uh, flak vest or a rucksack or carry an M16, which I'm, I'm hunting, so I'm doing fine on that part. But the right. rest of it's still a little challenging. So are, we, are you a deer hunter? Will you be yes. going next week? Uh, yes, I've actually already got one this year. Oh, okay, so. all right. So you've done the talons out. Yes. Uh, just once. Uh, yes, correct. Um, you were... I was a guardian. A guardian, okay. Yes. And when was that? That was in October of last year. Okay. So... So how was that? It was amazing. Uh, I've done the flag line so many times for the people coming home from Talons Out and to see the tears and um, it was just... To be part of that was, it was one of the best days that I've had. And that's a one-day, same-day trip yes. to D.C., Yes. To the war memorials there. Yes. And how many people were on that flight with you? There was 80 veterans, mm-hmm. and then each of them had a guardian. Okay. Is it something you can do again? Yes, um, absolutely. It does. There is a guardian fee associated with it. I was uh, fortunate enough that I, um, my American Legion post uh, sponsored my, my, my seat for it. and But at the same time, uh, I ended up with a Vietnam vet and he was a wonderful person, very good friend of mine. He wouldn't sit still, so he kept getting me in trouble. <laughs> so the entire time, there, I was getting yelled at for losing my veteran. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow. I hear it's fantastic. And what, any, Can anyone be a guardian? Yes. Okay. Well, no, not exactly. They're, um, the spouse or significant other cannot be a guardian. Okay. As well as they, there's an age requirement. They can't be, I think, over the age of 70. Mm-hmm. So they have to be young enough to take care of the veteran. But if someone wants to do that, they can sign up if there's yes. room. Yep, wow. and they can pick their own guardian. Um, if they don't have anybody, then there is a, a list of people that actually pay their guardian fees and will take escort other veterans on there. What will you be doing on Veterans Day? On Veterans Day, I will be here in Marshall mm-hmm. um, for their Veterans Day ceremony. I... And I'm not sure where else I'll be after that because there are a few, but they all seem to, most of them are held at at 11 o'clock, at the 11th hour. Um, But there are some other things going on later in the day. Uh, Firekeepers also does some things for veterans out there, so I might go out there and whatnot. But for the most part, I'll be here in Marshall. And they're they're still having that march from fire, is it from firekeepers to the fountain in Marshall on Saturday, the 12th? Yes, and actually I had forgotten about that. I did get the invite for that, and I will be part of that as well. Um, that's, that's a huge thing for me. And I don't think anybody realizes it when I walk is that it's, it's four miles. I mean, it's, uh, that's a huge, huge amount for me, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. 
and I'm happy to be in an environment with so many other veterans and veteran people that care about veterans. And you said five counties. What are the five counties? Uh, Calhoun, Eaton, Hillsdale, Kalamazoo, and Branch counties. Okay. So you must do a lot of driving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right now I'm putting a lot of miles on the car, uh, but I'm so happy to do it. And I meet each American Legion post is set up. They run differently. So it's very, it's nice to see how they, how they operate. It's nice to meet some of the members. And I always find one or two people that are just, they pull at my heartstrings because I can see, see how much they care, how much heart they have and everything they're doing in the community. Right Do you come across many female veterans? Not. No. No, no I don't. <laughs> um, there's two, actually, that are belong to my post. I belong to the post here in Marshall, um, and there's two of us, and we're both officers. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, it's, it's very rare to find. Are you still angry when you think back about that? Or I don't, I don't know if that's too personal a question. Um. Part of me is, uh, yeah, I guess I guess I am, and um, a big part of that is is because I want my kids to be able to look up to me, and uh, well, with when I was in the army, I didn't get a purple heart or anything for being injured. I'm a little bitter about that, um, especially because I, I volunteer with so many guys that have one or two for. Um, and there's also several like unit citations and stuff. I was out by when when my unit came home, so I I won't ever get those. And they're not a big deal to me, but they were a big deal to my kids. So that I feel like I was just kind of forgotten in the whole mix mix, mix of things. Are you trying to obtain a get a Purple Heart? I mean, what channels can you go through? And there are. Um, who is the advocate for you? Since you're the advocate for so many. That's my hugest downfall. Um, I, I can't, I'm very good at advocating for others, but for myself, it's not. Uh, to get a Purple Heart, I know you need two letters from people that were deployed with you, and um, I have quite a few of those. Outside of that, I'm not entirely sure, and it's been 18 years now. I've been home since 2005, so it's, it's getting harder, and I've pretty much given up on the idea. But you continue. You help others, which is... I'm sure must make you feel good, helps so many people because do, do, they remind you of you, right? When you came back here, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's why I do it. It's, and I hate saying it, it's actually for selfish reasons. It's um, because I do, I, I feel a sense of, I'm still trying to figure out what my purpose is in the world. And this feels like it's the closest thing. Uh, I lost a lot of friends over there, I lost some after there too, and so I've I've always tried to figure out where I belong, and um, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I'm I'm working at it. Uh, so you were you've been involved with Post Seventy Nine mm-hmm. American Legion here in Marshall, and you um, were I'm trying to say if I say this right, adjutant 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 yes. adjutant. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like the first female, right, yes, adjutant. Mm-hmm. And is that something you still hold now, or that you you still? No, you still, no, no, I don't. No. Um, nope. I uh, I stepped away from that, and um, there is a new adjutant. He's he's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also the first female district commander too. So. Uh, so how did you become commander? How did, what's the process for that? Well, I uh, 
I actually, I joined, originally joined a post in Battle Creek. And when I was at an event of theirs, I met the commander of post 79. And he told me about the district meeting coming up the following day. And so I, I went to the district meeting and it was from there. I was asked to be the sergeant of arms that day from the new district commander because it was their elections. And so I was sergeant of arms and I went to the junior vice, senior vice, and I started working on this directory book. And to do in doing that, I realized that I know every single one of the posts and the commanders. And so that's then I felt like I'd be okay being the commander. That at least, if anything, my heart's going to be in the in the right place. Right. Is this is it a term for a certain amount of time, or it's yours until you don't want to do it? It's for one year. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, unless I get reelected, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and it's been a pretty eventful year so far. It started in July, so. Um, but and we'll see how things go from here. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sony. Thank you for your service. Uh, I know um, I appreciate it. I, th- I, I have a spouse who works at the VA and helps veterans. And, um, you know, she tells me how tough it is for those folks. And uh, I guess any little bit of help helps, right? right. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Sonia. Uh, that was Sonia Patrick, the District 3 Commander for the American Legion Department of Michigan. Uh, serving the five-county region in southwest Michigan. Uh, I'm John Hendler. Uh, Thank you for listening, and until next time, may the good news be yours.